tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 90th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And we are so glad that you've joined us. We are going to be featuring the Milton Schoolhouse today. Yes, we are. And you're going to get to hear Diane expressing everything in her sexy voice. Indeed. I do apologize. My voice is a little less than stellar. I came through surgery okay. I first and foremost want to thank all of our wonderful listeners for all of your uh, well wishes and prayers and everything you sent my direction. It was uh, quite the experience before and after surgery. I don't recommend it for anybody who hasn't done it. <laughs> no, and I don't recommend it and I haven't done it. So I just from seeing the aftermath. But yes, I want to second Diane's gratitude and all the prayers and well wishes. It definitely helped us get through that day. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty beat up. Uh, I was a pretty tough case. And my surgery actually lasted longer than four hours. So I was a pretty long surgery, too, and had to make a few extra cuts that they weren't expecting and all that good stuff. And apparently I'm not very good at doing the breathing tube either because they totally wrecked my throat. But it is starting to feel better, which is why we're able to record this podcast for you guys. And don't worry, all her honoriness was left intact. So it's still there for y'all. Yes, they only removed my female parts. I've got the rest of that still there and my wit and humor. Before we get into talking about the Milton Schoolhouse, we do want to express our gratitude to uh, Tracy Duhon for helping us out with the oddity this show, and also Stephen, who's helped us not only with the This Day in History, but also did basically most of the lifting on this show, most of the research and everything, and definitely helped us out this week for sure. So thank you so much, Stephen, for that. Yes, thank you, Stephen. We want to point you in the direction of our website. That's historygoesbump.com. And Denise, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? They would do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. We have a bunch of people to welcome into the Spooktacular crew. We'd like to welcome Becky. Hey, Becky. And that's with a Y. Becky with a Y. Carol. Hey, Carol. Neil. Hi, Neil. Brian. Hey, Brian. Judson. Hey, Judson. Lori. Hey, Lori. Emma. Hey, Emma. Wren. Hello, Wren. Laura. Hi, Laura. Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Becky. Hey, Becky. And that's with an I. With an I. Greg. Greg. Tara. Hey, Tara. Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Wendy. Hey, Wendy. And Johnny. Hey, Johnny. We got some reviews over at iTunes as well. We'd like to thank you guys for. First one up is five stars from Autumn. That's a lot of U's in that Autumn. And autumn. a couple of M's. I cannot recall how I stumbled across this podcast, but I'm so happy that I did. I love history and the paranormal, making History Goes Bump one of my new favorites. I only wish the episodes could be longer. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Autumn. Yes, thank you. And the title is These Are a Few of My Favorite Things. That goes great with uh, December. Yes, very much so. And then we have Ara Jade, new listener here, five stars, just from Bizarre States Podcast, told their listeners that 
your podcast was great and that we would enjoy it. Indeed, I do. I love history and especially love haunted history. Ghost stories and unexplained mysteries are on the top of my list, too. I appreciate that you guys do so much research and then give us all you have. Your podcasts and a few others help to get me through my days at work. I'm currently working on getting through as many of your podcasts as I can. Thank you for keeping my days interesting. Well, you're welcome, Jade. Yes, welcome, Jade. We have Phil Kamon, five stars. So glad I found this. A fascinating and delightful mix of my two favorite subjects, history and the paranormal. The hosts are engaging, enjoyable, enthusiastic. Their topics are well chosen. And the production is comfortably shaggy. Shaggy. I like that. Diane and Denise are my new favorite commuting partners, even if they do think New Jersey is in New England. <laughs> oh, no, they will never live that one down. No, we're not. And then there's Miranda178. Love the podcast. Five star. Whether you love history or the paranormal, this podcast is great. I love the This Day in History and This Moment in Oddity History segments. They add a little something extra to the podcast. The topics are very interesting, and I always look forward to the next one. The audio problem that some people commented on is only in the first five to ten podcasts. I'm not sure after which one specifically, but after the first few, the audio gets much better. If I could, I would be one of the people giving a $5 donation every month. But since I don't have a job and thus no money, I sadly cannot. But you can be sure I will be when I do finally get a job. Well, thanks, Miranda. We appreciate you listening to the show no matter what. Absolutely. And especially for sharing it. That's the best way to help support the show. And then we have David Del C, a must listen five stars. I'm another Bizarre States recommended listener. I'm catching up on the back episodes and I can't get enough. Well, thanks so much, David. We appreciate that. Denise, I know that we both haven't been in elementary school for, well, let's just say a very long time. And longer for one of us than others. (laughs) You ready to go back to school? I sure am. Let's do it. Become an executive producer of the History Goes Bump podcast for as little as a buck a month. For $5 a month, you can access exclusive content like the Haunted True Crime Bonus Cast. And for $10 and above a month, you get all that plus awesome History Goes Bump gear. Check out patreon.com slash historygoesbump for more information. Or you can give us a one-time donation by clicking the donate button at historygoesbump.com. And this moment in oddity was suggested by executive producer Tracy Duhon. White Bluff is a small town with a big legend. In a famous hollow in this town dwells an entity that has come to be known as the White Screamer. Where this entity originates, no one knows for sure, but it has been seen by many people. The White Screamer appears as a white, misty form that wells and screams, which is where it got its name. The screams are enough to drive people insane. The screamer leaves evidence that it has been in an area by burning the grass and vegetation in a spot where it has ventured. One story around the legend dates back to the 1920s. A young man had built his growing family a home and a farm down in the hollow. Their happiness and peace was broken as each evening they would be awakened by these awful screams and crying. The young man had finally had enough and he grabbed a shotgun and he went out to investigate whatever beast was making this awful noise. He climbed to the top of a hill to see if he could spot the creature. The scream started again, but at a distance, and he thought he recognized the voices of his wife and seven children. He climbed down the hill and ran back into his house, but he was too late. He opened the door and found his whole family dead, and it was a horrible scene. 
Their bodies had been ripped apart and pieces of them had been thrown all over the floor. To this day, one can still drive by the hollow and see the foundation of the house and the graves of the family members. A white misty creature that is capable of killing is not only terrifying, but certainly is odd. Turn out the lights. The party's just getting started. This Day in History This Day in History is by Stephen Pappas. On this day, December 19th in 1777, General George Washington led 11,000 of his troops into Valley Forge, Pennsylvania to camp for the winter. At this point, the British had successfully taken Philadelphia and many doubted Washington as a leader. Washington led the men to Valley Forge to rest up and prepare for their next advance once the winter had passed. He had hoped to get fresh supplies, uniforms, and foodstuffs before the winter was over, but Congress failed to provide these things to the troops. What followed was what many know as one of the harshest winters in U.S. history. Without fresh boots, many of the men had to bind their frostbitten feet, and they feasted on rice and vinegar for that Christmas. Washington wrote to Hamilton that the men had experienced little less than famine that winter. The war may have ended at Valley Forge, but Washington refused to back down. He made changes in his commanding crew, he upped punishment for those who tried to flee, and won the adoration and respect of his men. Even though a plot had been put into place to replace him, the soldiers would not abandon Washington. With the plot foiled and the confidence of Congress behind him, Washington would bring his men out of a frozen hell and make a push to begin the end of the revolution. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that today also happens to be Stephen's birthday, and we're very proud to announce that he is now both our assistant producer and our senior research assistant. Happy birthday, Stephen, and thanks for all you do for us. Yes, happy birthday, Stephen. Alton, Illinois is considered one of the most haunted small towns in America. Of course, one of the most haunted. Of course, it's one of the most. The former Milton Schoolhouse is one of the reasons for this reputation. Many legends surround the school from murdered students to suicide to other deaths that lead people to claim that the currently bustling center of small business is haunted. There are others who believe that the school's reputation for hauntings is just that, a reputation. Join us as we explore the history and hauntings of the Milton Schoolhouse. Rufus Easton was born in 1774, and he came to be a successful politician, attorney, and eventually a postmaster. Easton owned a ferry service which transported travelers across the Mississippi River, and in 1818, he settled a small river town in Illinois. He named this town after his son, Alton. The area had been settled by the Illinois Native Americans. As time passed, Alton, Illinois became a thriving town in shipping and industry. It sat at the convergence of the Mississippi, Missouri, and Illinois rivers and made trade easy in the area. It was officially incorporated as a city in 1837. Alton served as a major station for the Underground Railroad, the seat of the Catholic Diocese between 1857 and 1923, and was the hometown of Miles Davis, the famous jazz musician. It also has a dark spot on its history, as it is the birthplace of the now infamous assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., James Earl Ray. The reason Alton became so important for the Underground Railroad is because of its proximity to St. Louis. 
If an escaped slave could get across the Mississippi, he would be well on his way to freedom. Numerous homes had tunnel systems or hiding places in Alton. Then that's going to definitely be on our list when we start researching the Underground Railroad more. Alton, indeed, is a city that should be known for the freedom of the slaves because it was in this very place where they had so much of the civil rights that arose and made sure that they were taking care of the slaves. And there were a lot of abolitionists who had settled there, which is why this had happened. Now, there is not a lot of information on the Milton Schoolhouse. Which is funny because it's one of the most, well, one of the most haunted cities and the, one of the most haunted locations and there's nothing to... It does surprise me. Every time you hear that you've had ghost hunters go somewhere, you think, oh, wow, this place has got to have all kinds of stuff behind it and going on. And then you look into it and it's like, there's not much there there, but we're going to give you what we got. In 1904, the Milton Schoolhouse was built. The original parts of the school consisted of four classrooms. Can you imagine a schoolhouse with four classrooms? No, I cannot, unless it's our our nieces and nephews' school in Iowa. (laughs) It has a couple more. Yeah. There were restrooms on the ground floor and a boiler room. Two new additions were made to the school in 1930 and 1937. This construction saw the addition of 18 new classrooms, a gymnasium, and a cafeteria. The school served elementary students and was the main schoolhouse for Alton from 1904 until it was closed in 1986. That's a long run for a school. Yes, it is. New school buildings were built to operate within the school system, and the Milton School sat abandoned for four years. In 1990, a man named Gary Levi purchased the building. A warehouse was added to the buildings in 1993, and he used it to operate in Taglio LeVay Glass and Giftware Company out of. This decorative glass company was housed in the building until 1998. After the glass company was shut down, the building sat dormant again, this time for 11 years, hence why we start getting so much reputation going here. In 2009, it was purchased by Meredith Elston, who now rents out space in the school to small local businesses. That school now houses a coffee shop, massage parlor, an aromatherapy store, three photography studios, a pet groomer, an electrician, and a party bus company. Hey, it sounds like my kind of a place. Yeah, it's quite the odd assortment of businesses there. Mm Mm-hmm. What is most commonly associated with the school building, however, is the hauntings. So much so that the official website for the business park now located in the school states that they like to think of the building as just having character and are trying to steer away from people seeing the schoolhouse as, quote, an old urban legend. But there are plenty of odd occurrences to go around, most of them hard to ignore. Over the years, there have been reports of many kinds of activities in the schoolhouse. These vary and include footsteps, shadowy figures in a basement stairwell, a shadow seen peeking out of a second floor window, strange noises in the boiler room and other odd things. It's always boiler rooms that have those strange noises. Don't go into boiler rooms. And this location was suggested to us by Patrick Keller of the Big Seance podcast, and he actually went to the building and he had he featured that on his most recent podcast. And he mentioned that they opened the door to that boiler room. And indeed, it was pretty darn creepy. Well, Patrick, we want to know why didn't you go in there? We wanted to know, did you get poked? But he didn't go in. So we just know that it looked creepy. Maybe he is starting to come over to my way of thinking and he didn't want to tempt the spirits. Ha ha ha. We know better (laughs) about you, Patrick. That's that's a total, total joke. Tongue in cheek. Now, something you always find in these old boiler rooms, of course, are boilers. And they had a tendency, as we found doing history on a lot of these old buildings, to explode. Right. And reportedly, we did have an explosion here. So it's possible that somebody could have been killed who was a maintenance guy or something in this building. 
Thus, we could have had somebody die in that boiler room, which is why it would have that kind of creepy effect, maybe, perhaps. We don't have any record of that, so that's just my conjecture. Conjecture, that's a good word, Diane. Thank you. See, even on pain meds, I still can come up with those kind of words. Yeah, it's amazing the other things you can come up with. No, just kidding. Little side note is Patrick wanted me to share any of the weird things she said coming out of anesthesia, but they didn't let me in the recovery room. I had to wait till she had a room. So I don't have any stories. Sorry, everyone. You know what? I don't think I said anything funny. I just remember waking up and I was shivering horribly and they threw a bunch of warm blankets on me and I could hear some woman several places over or in another room hollering, ow, 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 ow. And I just remember being like, and my doctor was telling me what she'd done and I was just like, Okay, uh huh. So she thinks. Like, yeah. Of course, I could have been saying all kinds of mumbo jumbo. Who knows? I'll have to talk to Dr. Glover and say, hey, come on, share. I probably said, is this place haunted? <laughs> that's for you to decide. <laughs> no, because that's my line. You would have said, hello, you spectacular people, and welcome. Maybe that's what I said. <laughs> I popped my eyes open, and as I'm shivering, I said, hey, you spectacular people. Yeah, she probably thought she was being haunted since she was so cold. That was an entity of some sort. I don't know. Something was giving me the chills. <laughs> We're doing a lot of speculation on hauntings and your surgery, but hey, it's fun. Ghost hunters investigated the property. They experienced lights coming on and off by themselves and heard disembodied footsteps. They also heard a disembodied voice shush them. The most commonly reported occurrence of activity over the last 60 years revolves around the haunting of the school by a young girl named Mary and possibly also of the spirit of the twisted man who would be her killer. Just a warning, the story that follows is disturbing and if you listen with young children, you may want to save this part for later. According to legend, school had dismissed for the day on a fall afternoon. Everyone had gone home except for a girl who was working on a seasonal bulletin board for her class. Over the years, students and storytellers have given this girl the name Mary. When she finished working on the board, it had begun to get dark as the days were now shorter, and she gathered her things and headed for the doors by the gymnasium. As she reached the doors, the story says that there was a noise behind her which she turned to look at. Mary's body was discovered the next day in a shower stall in the locker rooms next to the gymnasium. The young girl was found with her clothes torn bloody, and bruised. She had also been violently raped. Bloody flesh was found underneath her fingernails, and people were on the lookout for someone who'd been scratched or cut. After a few days, it was noted that the school janitor had not shown up for work. Upon investigating, he and his mother claimed that he'd been sick with the flu for those days and could not attend work. They found scratches on both of his hands, which he claimed his cat had left, and with no evidence to arrest him, they left. A few days after this, the body of the janitor was found hanging in the school. Some have speculated that it was the pressure and harassment of the police which led him to take his life, but the legend says that he was found with a note scrawled near him which simply stated, I did it. Though this seems like a pretty solid confession, the murder case was never solved. For years following this, children claimed to have encounters with strange figures, hear sounds all around the school, and the name Mary floated through the halls like a secret word on the tips of everyone's tongues. When Intaglio Design took over the building, employees claimed to see the apparition of a small girl while working there. They claimed to find glass items shattered near a specific shower stall in the previous locker room. There was even one employee who claimed the apparition of the young girl became very attached to her. Her office was located by a stairwell outside the gymnasium. An apparition of a young girl was often seen in her office out of the corner of her eye in other rooms and was even reported to have typed on the computer when no one else could have possibly been in her office. 
little X's and O's were left behind on the screen. This employee grew attached to the spirit of the little girl. Over the years, she claimed another spirit was in the school as well. This one, she said, was threatening. Other employees felt short of breath and panicked in the area surrounding the girl's shower room and even supported the story that they had seen the office employee terrorized by a spirit in a hallway. The woman eventually left her job and refused to return to the building. A few years later, it was shut down again until the purchase in 2009. The story of Mary seems to lack a lot of physical evidence, and many chalk it up to an urban legend, but something seems to be causing activity at the school. Is this just another piece of folklore which has permeated the society in Alton, Illinois? Was the girl known as Mary really killed there and stays behind to wander the halls of her old elementary school? Is the Milton Schoolhouse haunted? That is for you to decide. Well, as we said earlier, Denise, Alton, Illinois is supposedly a pretty haunted location. It's one of those cities I'd like to visit eventually. Oh, absolutely. And it's always hard when we hit these kind of stories because I can read other stories. Not that I'm happy that anybody goes through horror, but whenever it's a child, it just hits me even harder. So this one's a difficult one if it is true. Let's just say because there are no reports, and this I'm sure would have made newspapers across the country, it more than likely is a legend, thank goodness. But this kind of stuff happens all the time. Yes, it does. And it is sad indeed. This has been a relatively short show. We do apologize for that since there wasn't that much in regards to the schoolhouse. But we do have two shows coming up this week in Christmas. We're going to have a special show featuring Charles Dickens and a Christmas Carol and the ghosts involved with that. And then we will have our second annual Christmas special, which will come out on Christmas Eve. We have ghost stories for that one and a little bit of the history of Christmas we'll be talking about. And Dan Foytick joins us in studio for that one. Yeah, so that was fun. We had Dan over, so we got to meet face to face. And then on Blab.im, we're going to be telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So we hope you guys can join us for that. I will send out the link in the newsletter. We will post the link up on Facebook and Twitter and that kind of thing. I'm going to see if I can, if you go on to blab.im and you register, I already have it scheduled. So it might already be out there. So if you look for that, you might be able to find it. But go ahead and sign up over at blab.im. I think it just uses your Twitter account, very similar to Periscope, just a little bit easier to use than Periscope. So we hopefully will have you guys joining us for Christmas. We'll we'll definitely enjoy having you guys do that with us. We'll be out at the fire pit, so hopefully it's a little bit chilly down here in Florida. And if not, we'll have fires anyway. Exactly. And we'll bring your marshmallows. Yep. And we'll make the the whole line of that beloved Christmas song. There'll be ghost stories. Scary ghost stories. We're so glad that you guys joined us for this one. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Executive producers of this episode have been... Melissa, Katie, Levi, Dan, Janice, Stephen, Heather, Dave and Ann, Amy, Tanya, Nicole, Leanna, Jade, April, Laura, Seth, Tracy, Josh, Barbara, Laura, Ashley, Griffin, Roger... And brand new executive producers are David Del Carpio, Wendy Lachance, and Sharon Spungen. Thank you. Societies rise and societies fall. When the time comes, one society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library, Kettle Whistle Radio, Night Story Podcast. Frogwatch, Red Horse Radio, The Lift, 
History goes bump. Listen. The M Writing Podcast. Society 13. Rebuilding society. One podcast at a time. Want to keep the spooks away? Give us a review.